Hello, and welcome to Coffee and Conversation for Wellbeing. Today's topic is burnout. Most of us, if not all of us, have experienced burnout at some point. I am your facilitator, Geraldine St. Joseph. Today, we're going to try to figure out burnout. How do we avoid it? How do we recover from it? And, you know, what does it mean? What is its meaning to us? Should we be paying attention to this? So the first thing that we want to discuss is what is burnout specifically? I mean, there are times when you get tired of your job or you get a little bored. Burnout is a little bit more than that. Sometimes it's a lot more than that. When we're burnt out, we lack enthusiasm. We lack motivation. The drive is gone. We feel like we're just dragging along. And oftentimes you'll see that with people who are like, wake up, go to work, eat, sleep, repeat. And when you have that kind of a cycle and there's nothing in there that replenishes you or fulfills you, that's when burnout can happen. So if you're feeling disenchanted with your job and then it spreads out to your whole life because you just don't have energy for anything, that's a good time to start looking around and trying to figure out why you are out of alignment, what is going on, what needs to be corrected. So burnout in a broader sense is what happens when we are not in alignment with our integrity our ideals, and ourselves, like our soul. When we're out of alignment, if we're doing a job that we really don't believe in, or there's something going on that's lacking in integrity, and we're just kind of keeping quiet about it, or we feel like there's nothing we can do about it, those types of situations very often lead to burnout. Because what it does is it takes all of our energy and focus to put on this act all day, or somebody that's not really appreciating it, and in such a way that it's making us feel bad about ourselves. So as we move forward, what we want to do is look for situations where we can be in better alignment with our own integrity. For instance, as a um, just as an example, when I was younger and I ran movie theaters, I ran a particular theater, and there was a 23-year-old general manager. I was the first, you know, it's like you have a general manager, your first assistant, all that kind of stuff. We had a, the busiest theater in the United States at the time. We had over 100 employees, and he decided to start cherry picking from the girls who were like barely 16, 17 years old. When I discovered what was going on, I had a talk with him. Um, and then it was like, well, he had spoken to the girl's parents. I'm like, but she works for you. This is wrong. You need to either put her in a different theater. You know, we need to, she can't be on the staff if you're going to be dating her. Number one. Number two, it's illegal in the state of Pennsylvania. You're too old for this 16-year-old kid. Um, and it really, really destroyed the morale of a theater that was running really well before then. And it started this whole cavalcade of people just starting to be more um, like abusive to the employees. And I do not stand for that. So a lot of that stuff was not happening when I was on. And then it, it got to be where I was being put on by myself with just one other person who had the same kind of morals that I did. 
But then when the kids came to me and complained about things, I always, you know, took it a step further, always. But nothing was done. This general manager who was like the golden child for whatever reason, he was not held accountable. And this went on until finally, years later, in a different theater, probably in a different state, where finally the law caught up with him. So when you're in that kind of a situation, what do you do? Well, I did my best to protect the kids. When I found that I could not, uh, what I did was uh, the kids that he was picking on, I wrote like um, very good recommendations for them to go find other work. And I quit myself. I quit. I left a letter with the heads of the, of the company so that when everything did come out, I had evidence that you know, they knew about all this and they allowed it to happen, but I could not stay there. It literally made me sick. So I had to move on and do something different, which is scary when you have an apartment and you have a car and you have all these bills to pay. But I had to because my integrity would not let me stay in that kind of a situation. And it didn't take me long to find another job because I was in alignment and because of my energy, it was very simple that another job actually came to me. I didn't even have to go look for it. So when you're out of alignment in that way, and, and it's about your integrity and your values, you have to do something or your physical, mental, emotional bodies will start to pay for it. They suffer the consequences. That's where you start getting sick, high blood pressure, you gain weight, all these different kinds of things, because you're dealing with um, a power that is not allowing you to be who you are meant to be. And it's also out of alignment with integrity. So that's one way. Another way could be, it's not that something major like that is going on, but it could be that whatever is happening is out of alignment for you because it's not including self-care. Choose yourself first. I know it's really hard for many of us, unless, you know, certain personality types, it's not hard for, but if you're suffering from burnout, you're probably not one of those personality types that always, they take the, the cherry on top and they make sure they get the creme de la creme. You're probably the person who's making the creme de brulee, you know? So when we see this and we're giving and giving and giving, we are depleting ourselves and not getting anything back. There has to be an equal exchange. Without an equal exchange, that's when you become uh, really ill. I mean, it'll help, it'll physically make you ill. That's when you, you start having depression. That's when these kinds of things start piling on. And it doesn't have to be just at work. It could be in the family. It could be in a friend structure where you know, um, at one point, I was uh, one of my friends was dating this one guy, and then he introduced her to his friend, and she started seeing his friend, who was supposed to be his best friend, behind his back. And it was like, and then I was brought in like I was, like we were going on a double date or something. And as soon as I found out what was going on, I immediately walked out. I'm like, you guys are either going to tell him where I am because this is ridiculous. You don't do this to somebody. So, for me, it, it gets so intense that I get physically ill. I have to be in alignment. When I'm not in alignment is when things go wrong. And the same thing happens with you 
Some people are real quick to react and notice it immediately and other people are not so quick because there are times when it's just incrementally, it's just this little bit and then this little bit and then this little bit. And the next thing you know, you're way out here and your alignment is here. Like, how did I get there? And you find that you've either gained or lost a lot of weight. You're, you're not feeling well. Like things just don't feel right and you don't know why. So you need to look around you and see what it is that is creating that. The other thing is when you're doing things for others and you're trying to be a good person, but there's no appreciation. When there's no appreciation or it doesn't seem like there's any appreciation, then that is simply pouring your cup out and you're not getting anything back. There's gotta be give and take. So when, when somebody's requiring of you to constantly give of yourself, uh, to volunteer all the time, and like they're not doing anything to support you or to do anything that is beneficial, then that's out of alignment. It's out of whack. That's not the way things work. There's got to be an even exchange. And even if it's a pay it forward kind of an exchange, there's got to be something that the energy has to be moving. In the Bible, Jesus said, don't throw pearls before swine. We've all heard that term. And basically, that's what he's talking about is you're doing your best and you're throwing it at people who could not possibly understand it and who could not possibly uh, reciprocate in a way that is um, mutually beneficial to the two of you. So when we're not appreciated, and we keep trying and trying and trying. And people who have lived like with a, a narcissist or somebody with narcissistic tendencies where nothing is ever good enough and they constantly make you jump through hoops and you're, try, you're trying so hard and it's never enough, you're depleted and it makes you weak. And when you're weak, you're easier to control. So we need to really watch out for these things. And all these things create burnout. The basic idea is that if you are in alignment, there's energy coming back and forth. So there's an equal exchange and you stay full or at least three quarters full. There might be days where you're tired or days where you don't feel like doing something or you might get sick or whatever, but it's not like a long-term heavy thing. When you lose your enthusiasm, that's when you have to step back and look at what you're doing. What is enthusiasm? The root of the word enthusiasm, it means to be filled with God. If you don't want to call it God, you can call it spirit, you can call it uh, the Godhead, you can call it love, but enthusiasm means that you are filled with this life force energy and that's what keeps you going and it, it fills you up and it makes you bright and you, you sparkle. You know, you know, like when you first fall in love with somebody or for women, like I was pregnant two days and some of my friends were immediately were like, you are glowing. Are you pregnant? And luckily I knew because I, I felt it right at that moment. So it was like, yes, how could you tell so quickly? You know, it was really amazing. So when you're filled with that kind of energy, you tend to be more expressive. You show up better. 
you tend to be more um, aware and more invested in whatever you're doing. So that doesn't mean that you're invested because if you don't do it, you're going to lose your house. You're invested because it feels good and it feeds you. It feeds you. It gives you fulfillment. You need to make sure that you keep something in your cup. You can't be giving it all away and expect to still be healthy and survive and do well. That's not the way it works. So let's move on from that. Now we know what what it is to be burnt out. It's like not having any motivation. You really feel run down and it's like a bone weary. It's weary on every level. It's mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical. It's not just one level. It's every level. And you're doing everything that you can to drag yourself to that job or to that meeting or to talk to that friend or whatever it is, to that family outing where it's really not it doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel right. And you're forcing yourself into that position, depleting yourself even further. So we can see it coming by being aware of where our alignment is. Like, who are we? This is my favorite cup. It says, be you. Figure out who you are and be that. Because nothing else is going to work. You can emulate someone, you can mimic their actions, you could want to be like them, but you're not them. You take what they've done as an example, and then you create something new. You create something that has more to do with who you are and what, what you need and what you bring to the world, because we're all bringing something different to the party. It's like a big potluck, and we're all different dishes. And that's good that we're all different dishes because you don't want everybody bringing potato salad. That's a boring party when everybody brings the same thing. Everybody brings something different. And that's what makes it wonderful. Once we figured out that we are burnt out, how do we release ourselves from that place? And how do we crawl out from under that? Well, there are several different things that we can do. The first thing is to notice it and figure out what part of your life is creating this for you. Where is it? Where's the keyhole? Is it everything? Is it working with a particular person? Is it a particular, particular action we have to take? Is it the lack of appreciation? Maybe we really enjoy our job, but maybe we don't like who we're working with. The easiest way to start to combat burnout is action, which sounds so counterintuitive because all you want to do is sleep and all you want to do is hide and all you want to do is get away from everybody. But when you take that and you choose yourself first and you take action, for instance, if it is your job, if it is that... Um, you know, you're surrounded by people who do not appreciate what you bring to the table. Then what you do is you move forward by figuring out, well, what am I doing? Like they're saying I'm doing everything wrong, but what am I doing right? What do I know I'm doing right? Keep a journal. Keep track of that. 
And then find another part of your life where you can take action to counteract what's happening at work. My first instinct always is to just get out of that job and find a new one. It's something I have done over and over again uh, in my life. I mean, I'm fine with jobs usually for a while, depending on who I'm working with and what kind of job it is. But as soon as things start to not feed me any longer, I tend to look for a different kind of work or for a different work, a different job. Now, that being said, I did work in the same company for 16 years because there was a very good relationship going on there. It was a small company. We made sure that everybody was taken care of. Uh, you know, and I had my place. I knew what my place was. I did it well. It was appreciated. Good situation. And that's what you're looking for. If it's at home, you may want to find work that's fulfilling or volunteer work or a church or a um, nonprofit to get in, involved in. If it is family, you may want to find a friend group to be a part of. You may want to go to therapy. Whatever it is that feeds you, that's what you need to do. And you need to make a commitment to it because you're making a commitment to you. You are the important person in this equation. Giving to everybody else, especially when it's not appreciated, is not serving anybody. And yes, they may notice when you're gone or they may not. They may just get somebody else to fill your shoes and do the same thing that you were doing until they run them out. I noticed that a lot with different companies will do that. They will take somebody who's enthusiastic, steal all that enthusiasm, run them into the ground, work them to death, give them very little for it, as little as they possibly can, and then they just let them go. And then the next person comes in. So there's none of that support back and forth. You need to find something that's going to support you as well as you support it. What makes you feel alive? Now, this is different for everyone. I have a friend who it's all about swimming. She's got to be in a pool. She's like a fish. That is her happy place. So when she's not feeling good about things or when things aren't going her way, what she'll do is get a pool pass and go swim for a couple hours. And by the time she gets done, she feels so much better. And doing something physical like that accomplishes many things. One is it's getting rid of all the... Um, Oh, what is it called? Uh, all the adrenaline in your system from the stress and the cortisol. You're working all that out. So you're actually getting it out of your body. You're getting it out of your system because you're doing movement. For myself, when I'm stressed, I like to dance. Does the same thing, works all those chemicals out of my body and allows me to feel good about where I am and, and allows my body to feel more alive. Maybe you get your sustenance from reading a really good book. Maybe you get it from a fine wine. Not too much of it, though. When we over drink or use pharmaceuticals and that kind of thing is the only way we know how to calm down, you are definitely not in the right place. If you absolutely have to have that, then that is it's not you're definitely not in the right place. Whatever part of your life that you're trying to hide from. And 
for people who say that, oh, it's fun. It's not fun. It is not fun for anybody and for anyone involved. It's not fun. So there's a difference between having a beer or two to relax and having a case or two every night. There's a difference there. So the difference is like just relaxing your body a little bit or like totally leaving your body because you, you drink to excess or you do drugs to excess. These are clues that you are in burnout mode and that you are not um, functioning on your highest and best level. Find what makes you happy. The first step is to choose you first. If it's about taking the overtime where, I mean, most of that money goes to taxes anyway, so sometimes what's the point? And really look at what you're losing. If you have to choose between that and going out with your friends for a night, one night a month to blow off steam and to dance or to go swimming or to go down the shore or do whatever it is, you need to do that. You need that refresher and it needs to be on a regular basis. So if you're waiting until you are burnt out and you're feeling depleted, one night is not going to do it. One night is not going to be helpful. There's a reason why the work week is structured the way it is, where you have five days on and two days off. And more and more companies are moving to four on, three off, because that's actually a much more balanced and more productive work week for most people. We also find that the more hours you work and the more you push yourself, the less effective you are. So the more you're doing this, the less you're accomplishing. It sounds so counterintuitive, but if you like certain places are starting power naps and things like that, if you're truly burnt out, a power nap is not going to cut it. It's not going to do too much of anything. When you're truly burnt out and you've things have affected you through all your layers and into the physical, it often will take up to a year or more for you to completely recover from that. And that recovery means, you know, choosing yourself first, always having a better diet, changing your lifestyle, knowing your values and where your integrity lies and making sure you stay on that path. And also it's about resting and relaxing, but replenishing. What you need is rejuvenation. A good way to rejuvenate is through meditation. When you're truly burnt out, when you're at that point where things just cannot go any further because you're, you're just feeling like you're crawling on the ground at this point, you need to take action. I know you don't feel like it, but some kind of action needs to be taken, whether that is leaving your job, going to see a therapist, uh, joining some kind of a club or something, but you need to get yourself out of that energy and shift your energy, move your energy into something different because it'll start in one point part of your life and it, it just seeps out into everything. And nothing is really worth that. Now, as a single parent, 
when I was raising my child, one of the guilt trips that gets put on you and the judgments that people have is that you're supposed to be with your parent, your kid 24 seven. Yeah. You're still be, supposed to be working a full-time job. Yeah. You're supposed to be. And there's so many of these things you need to figure out what's right for you. You know, maybe you have your child part-time. Maybe you have a, another person who is active in the raising of this child who doesn't live with you. That's okay. You figure out a way to work it out because when you become depleted, when you become burnt out like that, you have nothing to give anybody. And that's, that's just not helpful on any level. And just getting a day off or two days off, you haven't even unwound at that point. So you want to make it clear to yourself, if not to everyone around you, what are your expectations? What are you looking for? What fulfills you? So I want you to think about that. And think about, I'm so exhausted. I'm so tired. Where am I out of alignment? Where is this not meeting my needs? And where is this not meeting my values and my integrity? Am I being asked to do something that is that I would consider unjust or maybe a little sketchy? What are you being asked to do? What are you asking yourself to do? What are you putting yourself through? Another part of being burnt out is having decision fatigue, because when we are that tired, when we become that depleted, we don't want to be responsible for anything. So then we get the decision fatigue and it just feels like every decision becomes too much. Figuring out what clothes are you wearing, doing the laundry. Should I go right or should I go left? Should I, you know, how do I get there? All these things stack up upon one another. And you don't want to get to that point. As soon as you start feeling off, as soon as you start feeling less than enthusiastic about what you're doing, as soon as these emotions start coming up, you need to examine them. So one of the things that I want to mention is I can I can hear it in my head. People saying, well, I have... Um, anxiety. I have performance anxiety. I suffer from depression and all these other things. Are these things real? Yes, of course they're real. Can depression be caused by being out of alignment and going into a burnout? Yes. And then even once you resolve the burnout issue, you've changed things, you've moved to a different direction. Now you've created a, a physical body system that is used to feeling a certain way. So that's a whole nother can of worms that you got to open up and change. And there's different ways to do that. I always suggest a really good therapist or to find something, a practice that makes you feel better so that your body gets used to feeling good. With anxiety, anxiety, when back in the day, and I know I'm showing my age here, but anxiety wasn't always considered a bad thing. Oh, I'm anxious to hear that. It means you're excited. So anxiety and excitement 
are the same in the physical body. In our minds, we say, oh, well, that's what this is and well, that's what that is. And then we spiral in a direction. We either spiral up with excitement or we spiral down with fear. Which way do you want to go? Why are you having anxiety? What are you feeling? Anxiety is a disease of the future, which means it comes from the future. You're always in the future. You're constantly thinking about the future. You don't have, you're not grounded. Your body is not, your soul is not in there completely. It's always out there looking for something different. So as you notice that you're forward thinking and you're getting anxious, then the thing is to pull yourself back into the now. When you're living in the now, anxiety dissipates. When you're in the now, it's not there because it's, anxiety is all about what if and just suppose. And oh my goodness. But anxiety is generally about things that are in the future that may happen that usually don't. It's worrying on a whole nother level. <laughs> it's a notch above worrying because we're creating in our bodies this feeling of uh, impending doom and danger when that's not necessarily the direction <clears throat> we need to go in. <clears throat> so, What else can we do to avoid burnout? If you are aware of yourself and your circumstances and how you're feeling and your reactions to things, it is much, much easier to avoid burnout because you will see it coming from a mile away. You won't let it get anywhere near you. I know some people are going to say that burnout comes from overworking yourself and um, doing too much in too short a span of time and this, that, and the other thing. That is true because you're missing the ingredient of self-care. Some people can do that and they don't get burnt out. Some people can go on and they're like the energizer bunny because they love what they're doing and they're in alignment with it. It is a part of their soul's plan. It's something that they want to be doing. Can you get exhausted because you're doing too much? Maybe you're doing too much with your kids or even doing things that you wanna do. When you do too much and you're not sleeping and you're not getting the proper rest, that makes you exhausted, yes. Is being exhausted the same as, as burnout? No, because when you're exhausted by something, exhaustion is a part of burnout, it's mental exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, and physical exhaustion. Regular exhaustion, which is primarily physical, it might be mental if you just took it, like the LSATs or something like that. But it's primary, primarily a physical thing. After resting for, a, sometimes even just getting a really good night's rest for one night can help pull you out of that. Or maybe it's about taking a week off and going on vacation and, you know, disconnecting from everything. That'll solve exhaustion. That does not solve burnout. It helps a little bit, 
it, it lifts the load just a little bit, but not enough to really um, help with releasing burnout and getting rid of it completely. So the best way to deal with burnout is to not deal with burnout, is to see when you're moving in that direction, when, when you're being triggered by things. So I'm going to use work because that's the easiest um, place to, to set things up. If you're in a work environment where you're not appreciated and you're asked to do a lot of stuff and then it's just not appreciated, that will lead to burnout. If you're getting paid full-time wages of, you know, a 40-hour a week job and they're asking you for 60, 65, 70 hours a week, that's going to lead to burnout. I've worked for several different places where they expect the employees to just like, we're supposed to do all this promotion and all this advertising for them, but we're not getting paid for any of that. That's not, that's not part of our regular hours. They don't want to count that. And I would always be like, no, if I'm doing work for you, I'm getting paid for doing work for you. If I'm not getting paid for doing work for you, then I'm not, I'm not going off and, and being your figurehead and doing all this extra stuff. That's not what I'm here for, to bring you a ton of free advertisement. I don't mind doing it as part of my job, but that doesn't mean that you get it for free. So things like that, where it's, it's out of alignment. But most people, when they get a job and they start adding things and adding things and adding things to put your foot down and be like, mm, you're, you're adding a little bit too much here. This is how much time I have. This is how much work I can do. Now you've added this whole component. Are you going to give me overtime? Oh, no, you're on salary. You don't get overtime. That's not really true. You still need to give me overtime. So things like that where you're standing up for yourself. And you always have to be willing to walk when things are not right. There are laws, at least in um, Pennsylvania and in America for the most part, where if you are in a hostile work environment, which is like they're overworking you, they're making you work without pay, they're not giving overtime, like they get punished for that. If somebody brings it to the attention of the proper authorities, the thing is they have everybody snowed and they think, oh, well, this is just part of the job. No, it's not. Oh, a 50-hour work week, that's a regular work week. No, it's not. In the state of Pennsylvania, 32 hours is considered a full-time work week. 40 hours is standard. 50 is not. Well, in our, our, you know, no, then you're paying me for 50. I'm not, you're not going to pay me for 40 and I'm going to work 50. That it doesn't work that way. So things like that really start building up and building up and building up. And the more you don't speak out, the more you don't put your foot down, the more you don't take care of yourself, the worse that gets. And the more prone to real burnout you are because it's not just about the physical exhaustion it's about the emotional abuse that happens with it you know the lack of appreciation the being treated like you're nothing and always choosing something or someone over yourself so you're you're not even being true to yourself There are certain jobs, like teachers, for instance, where you're given time off, which doesn't carry over, but you're looked down upon if you use any of it more than a day or two. 
but you get all these great benefits, except you're not supposed to use any of them. So these are things to be careful of when you're going into the workplace, but the same kind of stuff can happen at home. It can happen if you're volunteering, it can happen with a friend group. Maybe you're the one who figures out the bill for everybody all the time, and you always end up having to pay more, even though you didn't have any drinks and everybody else did. Or maybe you're the one who ends up driving all the time because nobody else wants to put the mileage on their car. Or maybe you're the one who always ends up paying the tolls when you go somewhere. Pay attention to these things because they all wear you down bit by bit by bit. Avoiding burnout is much easier and much more healthy than trying to recover from it. And if you feel that you're going in that direction, if you're lacking in enthusiasm, you're lacking in strength, and you don't know which way to turn, start doing an inventory of what are you doing, what makes you feel good, what's not making you feel good, and where you really want to be. If you're interested in delving into this further with me, you can go to my website, relationshipcoachgsj.com, and I have free resources there, and I have for fee resources there. I hope this was helpful, and maybe we'll do a little meditation later on, but that's not going to be part of this video. It will be part of the next. Thank you for your time. This is Gerald St. Joseph signing off.